Should he win the nomination, is President Donald Trump set to pick a surprise running mate in 2024 from the Palmetto State? We'll discuss who that is today. Plus, Representative Adam Morgan of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus joins us to discuss the latest victory over critical race theory in South Carolina. And we outline Palmetto Family's three-pronged mission to end human trafficking in South Carolina. All of that today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. We'll get to all of those things momentarily, but we're glad you're joining us on this Thursday edition of the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Justin Hall here with you on Thursday, June 22nd, in the year of our Lord, 2023. It is 9.24 a.m. as of the recording of this show. I want to make sure we timestamp everything because news is breaking all the time, all around us. I just want to make sure you know that we are staying on top of things. We'll have Representative Adam Morgan of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus joining us shortly. But first, want to get into an article that came across our wire yesterday. President Donald Trump currently leading in many polls by double digits in some areas 20 or 30 points over his nearest competition, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. And again, we've got a long way to go before the process plays itself all the way out. We're obviously just two months away from the first presidential primary debate that will take place uh, in August. You can watch that on Fox News, and of course we'll have a full breakdown of it uh, leading up to and after the debate concludes. But in the meantime, President Donald Trump appears to be running away with the race as it stands right now. And if he wins the nomination, he's going to have to pick a new running mate because I don't think it's going to be Mike Pence anymore. Uh. After January 6th, I don't believe that Mike Pence would accept a nominee, uh, a call from Donald Trump, and I don't believe Donald Trump would give Mike Pence a call. So that leads us to who will the former president select as a running mate in 2024? Well, Business Insider has some news on that. Here's your headline. It's a long headline. I think Michael Scott wrote it. Trump, Trump world aides have privately speculated that GOP Representative Nancy Mace could become Trump's VP running mate after she changed her tune about the former president, according to a report. Now, if you remember, last year during the midterm elections, Donald Trump openly supported and rallied for Mace's primary opponent, Katie Arrington. In that primary, Mace went on to beat Arrington and then beat Dr. Annie Andrews in the general election. So he didn't support her. A couple of days later, Nancy Mace is standing out in front of Trump Tower talking about how much she supported him in the past, how she worked for the campaign, this, that, and the other, trying to situate and position herself as the Trump candidate, even though you don't get the Trump endorsement. In a recent interview with Politico, Mace said, quote, we can't afford four more years of Joe Biden. I'm willing to bury the hatchet to save the country. And I know President Trump is too. Trump world aides noted that Mace could boost Trump among suburban women, a demographic where he faltered in his 2020 re-election campaign. It's the soccer mom vote. Now, specifically with Representative Nancy Mace, who we're still working to try to get her on the show, Representative Mace is a little bit more to the left of where many Trump voters would be when it comes to issues such as abortion. Again, this would endear him to a bit more of the 
independent, moderate Republican vote that he lost in 2020. This is interesting. The fact that Nancy has been a constant and consistent presence in defense of President Trump has not gone unnoticed, said Chris LaCivita. Tell that to Politico. Could Nancy Mace be the running mate for Donald Trump in 2024? I don't know what that gains him outside of the Southeast. Um, Again, you you talk about a a New York businessman who his first vice president was a former governor of Indiana and a former congressman. Well, now you have a former congress, or now you have a congresswoman from the state of South Carolina. It would bolster you in the state, no question. Could she be a valuable running mate across the country? That remains to be seen. And will he select her? That is a shocking, that would be a very surprising running mate for President Donald Trump in 2024. But again, the race has to play itself out. We're a long way to go. Obviously, the first debate is in August. We do have uh, the first in the South primary coming up here. According to reports, will be February 24th. So again, we're not terribly far away, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, we're eight months out, give or take, from actual primary day in South Carolina for the Republican presidential preference primary. So we're a little ways off, but this is something to keep an eye on. Could Donald Trump select Nancy Mace as his running mate in 2024? Just something to keep an eye on. We try not to traffic in rumors, but these are some rumors that are worth trafficking in, I believe, because they are significant to what could become the landscape of the country. Before we get to Representative Adam Morgan with the Freedom Caucus of South Carolina, I want to let you know about some opportunities you have to connect with us here at Palmetto Family and something that you're going to need to keep in mind for the next week. If you would like to invest in the work that we're doing here at Palmetto Family, and we encourage you to do so, we can't do what we do. This show does not happen without the support of faithful investors like yourself. Visit palmettofamily.org slash invest if you would like to invest in the work we're doing, either with a one-time investment or a recurring weekly, monthly, yearly uh, investment in the work we're doing. We believe that not only will you get a return on your investment, but you will get a kingdom return on your investment as we continue to make South Carolina a great place to live, work, and raise a family here in the Palmetto State. Not only that, if you want to get involved on our newsletter, we send out weekly updates of everything going on, our articles that we're writing, our research, all of that, you can get straight in your email inbox by visiting palmettofilmy.org. You scroll down to the bottom of that homepage, you will see a spot for you to connect with us. If you fill out that information, we'll get you onto our mailing list as soon as possible. One reminder, next Tuesday, June 27th at 9.30 a.m., the South Carolina State Supreme Court will hear the case against the heartbeat law. Remember, the heartbeat law was signed into effect by Governor McMaster just a few weeks ago. It was immediately challenged, and that case has now gone to the Supreme Court. So a new Supreme Court will hear this case. Justice Kay Hearn retired from the court. Justice Gary Hill takes her place. So we have uh, a new makeup on the Supreme Court. There was an interesting article in the state newspaper yesterday about the makeup of the Supreme Court and how it's terrible and evil and wrong, and even... uh, for uh, 11-year-olds, even 11-year-olds can see it. You can go read that article. We will not traffic in that today. But this case will be heard by the Supreme Court on June 27th. We will not get a decision on June 27th. Oral arguments will be heard on June 27th. And from there, the justices will have a chance to write their opinions. 
So what can you do in the meantime? We encourage you to pray for the justices. Uh, The Bible clearly states that in a nation that honors God, the judges judge rightly. Righteous judges judge rightly. And so what you can do is pray that the justices judge rightly in this case. Again, this is a situation that they're ruling on this legislation will determine the path forward for the pro-life movement in South Carolina. There's no question about that. So we need to be praying for the justices, pray for those who are giving the oral arguments, and again, as always, pray for the pro-life movement in the state, that we continue to press forward to the high calling of defending the life of the pre-born in South Carolina, those who are unable to defend themselves. And with that, we welcome in Representative Adam Morgan of the Freedom Caucus. Representative, how are you doing today? Hey, Justin. It's great to be with you today. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're glad to have you on. And what we're talking with Representative Adam Morgan, chairman of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus, about today, this isn't his first go-around on the show. We've had him on once before. But we're talking today about this case in Lexington School District 1, where there was uh, – she wasn't necessarily a teacher – Uh, But this was somebody who was educating the educators through a critical race theory lens. Am I right on that? Yeah, she was actually hired. It's called EL Education. And uh, this group was hired by certain school districts to come in and do professional development for the teachers. So all the teachers had to sit through these courses. And as they helped them become better teachers, uh, it turns out her main focus was to help them break state law. And so... uh, a person actually in the community, a teacher, uh, took this instructor who was from Atlanta and came in to teach uh, this stuff in these, to these teachers. Uh, they took him to dinner and asked him a bunch of questions. She didn't realize she was on camera. And on camera, she actually stated, I'm looking for co-conspirators uh, in the, as, for these teachers in South Carolina. I'm looking for co-conspirators to break state law and teach CRT and other related um, you know, ideologies that are not allowed under uh, state law and actually get them to do that in their classrooms. And she said, the way you do that is you just change the name. You don't just, you don't call it CRT. You just call it culturally relevant pedagogy or uh, SEL or whatever you want to do it. But it's the same kind of stuff that they're not supposed to be teaching, teaching that certain people are implicitly biased or racist, uh, unconsciously uh, teaching that you need present discrimination to alleviate past discrimination. I mean, just really uh, fundamentally flawed ideas, very leftist, culturally Marxist ideas that they're trying to bring into the classroom and and push on our kids and do it in this devious way. Literally, the, the word is so, the word says everything. I'm looking for co-conspirators. Those, right. That's her word. That's not anybody else's word. And so we got that video uh, from this teacher. They sent it to us. And we immediately went to uh, other Republicans, other people in elected office and said, hey, we got to do something. What can we do here? And most of them didn't want to touch it. They said, oh, well, it's either my kids go to school there or, oh, you know, what can we do? Sue them. We don't want to do that. And we're like, are are you joking? This is a blatant violation of state law. They're they're literally skirting state law. We should do something. So our caucus filed a lawsuit to much opposition from people all over. Oh, don't do that's crazy. You're not going to win. What are you doing? You're wasting time. You're wasting money. Uh, Well, as soon as we started digging, uh, Lexington comes around and says, oh, all right, all right, we'll settle. <laughs> like, we don't want to dig any more into this. We'll remove the program. We'll scrap it completely. And our future program, we'll let the superintendent of education, we'll let Ellen Weaver actually approve our future program. Uh, oh, yeah. And 
yeah, so that, that sounded pretty good. Uh, so, um, and then, you know, Charleston, this case is still ongoing in Charleston and right. it's even there. There's more evidence of more flagrant violations of, you know, implementing CRT and related uh, ideological indoctrination in the classroom. And so that one's going to be a very interesting case. It's actually going to trial uh, or at least going to discovery. So we're going to be able to see more of what uh, they're actually doing, including like privilege walks and these kind of discussions about students, uh, implicit racism, implicit bias. Uh, so I, it, I'm sure that one will also re ultimately result in a, a victory of the removal of the program. But we'll see what else comes out in that case. There, there are so many of these things, Representative Adam Morgan joining us, uh, chairman of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus. And, you know, Representative, when we talk about critical race theory on the show and uh, we've talked about critical race theory since the start of the Palmetto Family Matters at that time podcast when it was audio only and, and we were doing four episodes talking about what critical race theory is and how to approach it from a biblical worldview and and really the effect of this ideology. And immediately I get told we get shouted down on social media. Well, it's not being taught in schools here. Yeah. Now my now and, and it won't, number one it is number yeah. two number two my response to that is well then if it's not being taught then you don't then you won't mind me banning it. Yeah. It, exactly. It, there's there's <laughs> a there's a real dichotomy here that we don't seem to understand is that just because it's not being taught no no one is sitting down in a school in South well maybe they are I don't know but I would be hard pressed to find somebody saying all right kids today we're in unit number three critical race theory. That yeah. might not be the case, but what is the case is, as is the case with Lexington One, you're seeing educators come in to educate the educators on how to educate the students, circumventing state law, being co-conspirators, and then, listen, I went to Lexington School District 2 schools. Oh, wow. So Lexington One is more ruby red than Lexington Two. When you're in that part of the state, it is very hard to get that kind of stuff past the teachers who don't agree with it and certainly the parents who don't agree with it. And obviously, this kind of ideology has no place in any school whatsoever and certainly no place in, in, in a ruby red part of the state like Lexington County. With the Freedom Caucus, you guys are at the forefront of some of these issues. And, and you're and again, as you said, you've pushed on this. Uh, past what people thought you should. And now you've got a case down in Charleston that's going to tackle the same issue. When you guys come back in January, are there any other steps that you guys are ready to take to introduce legislatively and other things that will continue to sort of, I don't want to say clamp down, that might be a wrong connotation, but to really tighten the screws when it comes to the teaching of critical race theory, social emotional learning, uh, gender ideology, any of those things in schools? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. So first of all, there is already legislation filed. It's passed the House. It even passed uh, the Senate. Unfortunately, the Senate took the main teeth out of the legislation, which is the ability to bring a cause of action. What we're doing, <laughs> a cause of action against the school district, allowing somebody to sue over if the school district just ignores a complaint, a blatant violation of, of the state law. Um, they removed that. And so we're kind of in, in this weird uh, flux where there doesn't seem to be agreement between the House and the Senate on the legislation. So uh, we are looking to definitely pass uh, stronger legislation that will prohibit this. Uh, but, you know, the, the thing is, you, you, you kind of laid it out well. 
uh, but the reality here is it's it's kids. It's the innocence of kids. It's uh, it's parents' trust in government. It's all done on the taxpayer dime. So this is taxpayer-funded education. You know, taking uh, students who are you know these parents they have you know hours each day in their classroom to you know fill their minds with certain things. And it's like we should absolutely hold uh, them to the highest standard possible to not be undermining the parents' values and uh, weeding in these kind of leftist or far right, whatever ideologies, pushing my worldview onto students in the classroom. Uh, We just simply shouldn't be doing it on the taxpayer dime. And I think I was I was surprised, but not shocked by the response about, you know, people literally I mean, on the House floor, we had Republicans kind of mocking the fact that we would even bring this lawsuit. Mocking the idea that, you know, almost that the, the CRT even existed in the classroom. Like there's literally a video, documented <laughs> evidence of a person saying, I'm paid by these multiple you know, school districts. They know what I'm doing. I'm here to find co-conspirators to break the, the proviso that says I'm already not supposed to be doing this. And we want to actively indoctrinate kids in this. So like there's proof. And yet they still don't want to do anything because they didn't want to they didn't want to touch the issue. It was the same thing that you saw with the MUSC transgender clinic, the pediatric right. one. We found out from somebody in the community exactly like this. Somebody knows that we're the ones that will take up the fight. So they sent us the documented evidence. Hey, MUSC is has a pediatric transgender clinic fully funded by uh, taxpayer money that are that's seeing kids four to 16 years old as early as four to talk about gender transitioning and counseling and get uh, refer them for puberty blockers and even surgeries. And we find out about it. We tell everybody, hey, we got to do something. What are we going to do? All the uh, other Republicans, you know, whether it's House, uh, you know, other elected offices. Oh, you know, MUSC, we don't want to touch that. Well, are you serious? Like they're literally messing with our kids right. <laughs> and spoiled them. And overnight, the, the whole program was shut down right. because they knew they were respond and give us all the information of what they'd actually done to children on taxpayer uh, on the taxpayer dime the whole program was shut down and so it just is a reminder that you know when you have people who are willing to stand up for their values on all the stuff we run on as republicans when conservatives stand up for their values we win because everybody whether you're on the left or the right you sit there and go huh maybe you shouldn't be indoctrinating kids Maybe you shouldn't be mutilating children. <laughs> These are basic common sense ideas. They're not, they're not far right. They're not even really conservative ideas. They're just basic common sense. It right. just so happens that the conservatives are the only ones willing to stand up for it. So, yeah, we're looking at really all these issues. We're going to continue uh, pushing uh, education freedom. Uh, I think school choice is a component here as well. You know, if you want your kid, whether you're on the left or the right, if you want your child in a school that is uh, teaching your worldview, great. Whether you're on the right or the left, go for it. Like that's that's great. But in the state funded schools that are run and funded and the people are required to send their kids to, you know, uh, those should be free from ideological indoctrination. They absolutely should. Uh, so I think that's the key. It's not that you don't want to have any options to go get a religious education or a political education in certain kind of worldview. If you do, go find it in the you know private sphere of education or homeschool because <laughs> you can right. fully you know raise your worldview there. But don't try to force it on other people's kids against their will. And, and that's Agreed. what's going on. It's a very it's also a, it's a very insidious uh, ideology. Um, you know, the, it's a lot. It, DEI and CRT are the same thing. They are literally the same thing. It's how to bring these culturally Marxist and leftist uh, 
viewpoints into the classroom to change and affect education, to uh, create uh, systems where you're pressured to believe this and agree to these tenets and abide by them, or your grade will be doxxed. Or if you're a teacher or a professor, you won't get tenure or you won't, you know, get promoted. And so it's their their whole programs, whether it's professional development or DEI at the university or you know at the classroom level in schools, where this is going to massively affect education if we don't stand up. And it will all be done by our own taxpayer money. We'll be funding the undoing of our own culture <laughs> right. and, and, and you know the corruption of our own kids. So we have to stand and fight. And and for the better part of decades, that's uh, across the state and across the country. That's what we've been doing: funding the funding the ability to completely reshape the society as it stands. And again, when when we talk about critical race theory, I want to make sure that folks understand. And 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 those of you who are watching right now, you get this: when we say critical race theory, and we don't want critical race theory taught in schools, that doesn't mean we don't want children to learn about slavery. That doesn't mean yeah, we yeah. don't want children to learn about segregation. That that, yeah. that means we want them to learn about all these things and understand that since July 4th, 1776, which we're getting ready to actually celebrate Independence Day in a couple of weeks, that since the Declaration of Independence was written and the Constitution, as Martin Luther King said, that's a promissory note that since then we've only improved as a society. We have worked in this country to eradicate slavery, to eradicate segregation based on the color of your skin or what gender you are, one of the two, and we're moving toward that more perfect union. What yeah. we don't want as Christians, as conservatives, as whomever, is for a child to, and I'm going to quickly reference the article here, um, according to the lawsuit, students read, this book is anti-racist which teaches children that, quote, if you are white, one automatically has, quote, internalized racial superiority. And another book, The Black Friend, on being a better white person, which states, quote, we have a white people problem. Do yeah. we see how these books might not be okay for young, impressionable minds who aren't really able to grapple with the deep societal truths that come along with the, the stigmas and the and the hatred of racism and deep embedded white and or black superiority and all these different things that can, that can bubble up in adult life. Children uh, yeah. do not need that. It's blatant racism. What yes. you just read, blatant racism, that all, yes. all white people think this way or all black people are this way. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy that we're at a place in society where there's a group of people who are defending and supporting that and have, you know, support from seemingly an entire a political party and political movement. And yeah, it, it, it is crazy. And it has no place in education, uh, especially not on the taxpayer dime. Sure. And, you know, if you want to have, you know, a college class that reads something like that and discusses it critically and, you know, you know, fine, that might be the great, a, a great place to dig into concepts and think about those issues. But the problem is what they're doing at, at, at really both the, at the high school and the uh, even grade school these days uh, and the college level is it's not a discussion about a, a viewpoint or an ism and learning definitions. It's being taught as fact. It's being right. taught as history. So that's the that's the big issue. It's like the, you know, people, uh, critics will argue that we want them to stop teaching history. Nothing could be further from the truth. Like if you're not learning about history and segregation, you're not learning you know, American history. Right. <laughs> you're, exactly. you're really not. 
that would be a major problem. Um, and so, but we want them to actually just stick to history, not being, uh, you know, not taking radical leftist current political views and teaching them rewriting history or discussing the present and acting as though it's fact, because that's what these classes do. It's like, oh, you know how segregation happened in the past and, and all this awful, terrible racism that, a that absolutely happened. You know that happened. Yeah, that happened. By the way, today, same thing. <laughs> like the same thing. It's, we're, in fact, we're just as bad or worse off than we were back then. Yeah. And it's, oh, that's not accurate. That's not history. And now, and why are we like that? Why are we like that? Well, because of certain political parties and their viewpoints on, and then they go down the line, capitalism, the, the you know, two-parent home, you know, religious institutions, a patriarchal society. I mean, just you name it. It's all the, you know, some of the, some of the things are the foundations of our society, rule of law, representative government. That's what's on the chopping block for critical race theory, because the whole ideology is looking at <clears throat> systems of power and authority, figuring out how they're problematic and where they go wrong and changing them, replacing them. You know, revolution of get, getting rid of them. Oh, that you can't trust the jury system. So just throw that out and let's come up with a different system. You can't trust representative government you know, because they make bad laws and the law is always used for the oppressor. So let's get rid of it. And let's go to what? Communism? <laughs> like, well, hello, cultural Marxism. Like that's, that's what it ultimately is. Yeah. Oh, I've heard, I've heard communism works. Apparently they can't give me a uh, cited yeah. example of where, but I've heard it works. You know, it's yeah. interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm reading, I'm, I'm currently reading Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds by uh, Michael Knowles. And what happens is we change the definition. We change the words. We don't change the definition. We just change the word to make it more palatable. And then eventually we are able to use that to completely upend the society and the societal order. And I, and I believe that that's the goal and that's the effort. And what we have to do as, as we wrap up our time, we have to not so much protect children from themselves. I think, I think we can actually have that conversation when it comes to the child mutilation front, but we, we need to be able to give them an, an environment where they can learn the history of the country, understand what makes the country really great and what makes uh, us a good and virtuous people or the fact that we have been for so long that secures your future. If you dismantle the past in an effort to dismantle the present, you won't have a future because there's nothing to build the future on top of. It just doesn't make any sense. And so I applaud the work that you guys are doing with the Freedom Caucus and bringing these uh, actions toward these school districts, first in Lexington 1 and now, of course, the one in Charleston, trying to stop people from breaking the law. I mean, it's, it's the law. You cannot teach these things in South Carolina. And That's we, the yeah, we need to weed out the co-conspirators, Representative. Yeah, no, exactly. Don't break the law. Like, it's that simple. The the people's representatives, <laughs> duly elected, decided that that was a worthwhile proviso to put in the budget that no taxpayer money can be used to indoctrinate children in, you know, in viewpoint bias and ideology, partisan ideology. And we have school districts actively hiring and bringing people in to do just that. And they know that they're doing just that. And so it's a flagrant violation of law. So literally, while also fighting indoctrination, we're also defending the rule of law and right. supporting active, you know, actually upholding the laws that we pass. And it's it's vitally important that, you know, this issue isn't going away. But when people boldly speak up and speak truth and clarity, common sense prevails. And so we need a whole lot more of that, you know, in, in, from conservatives, from the Republican Party. 
you know, I heard a quote recently that, you know, part of the mess that we're in is not so much uh, due to the radicalism of the left. They've always been radicals. All the way back, you know, in 16, 1700s, they were radicals. It's not really the radicalism of the left. Oftentimes, it's the cowardice of the right. And it's like, we know what's right. We know what we should do. But sometimes it's, we're scared of the fight. We're scared of being labeled, you know, racist, homophobic, you know, whatever. But that's it's a it's literally a label if you're if you're fighting against racism you're the exact opposite you're the one who's defending a a a society that doesn't judge people based on their color that doesn't push uh stereotyping and present-day discrimination to you know alleviate past discrimination you know we're we're fighting for really a, a future where people can be treated respectfully regardless of their religion of their race of their gender whatever and we want to be encouraging that kind of society, a society that the founders set up, that, that we've had our issues, but we're moving towards a, a, a more, a, a really a more inclusive, a more free society. And our kids should learn about the, the good, the bad, and the ugly of our mistakes and fears. And they should also absolutely learn of the promise and of the accomplishments of the past. And that's how we build a better future. Absolutely. Understand that we are striving to become a more perfect union. It's amazing. It's almost like it's written down somewhere in yeah. some document that they need to be reading instead of how to be an anti-racist. It's amazing. It works. Taught. Crazy right. idea. Right. Representative Adam Morgan, thank you so much for joining us. I know, uh, listen, you are in a, you are in a great, I will not reveal the city that you are in. You are <laughs> in a great city in the United States of America, but uh, maybe this would give it away. Please stay safe. Yes, in, in that city, if you could, please, sir. I'm at I'm at a pastors' conference in Chicago, which seems like an oxymoron, but you know what? There's nothing more that uh, Chicago and Illinois needs <laughs> than faith and family, and you know God's truth uh, helping helping guide and direct. So you know Absolutely. what? Worthwhile effort. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we we are told to to go to the to the outer reaches with the gospel, and so that's what y'all are doing up there in Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us. Look forward to having you on again real soon, Representative. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. One final thing on the show today that I want to get into, and again, this is setting the table a bit. If you remember when we first started this show, the podcast version of this show that was only audio, our first four episodes dealt with critical race theory. Understanding what critical race theory is, why it matters, a biblical worldview of critical race theory, and then what you could do to stop the advancement of critical race theory in schools and in society. And it was very informative. Well, we did that ahead of the 2022 session, and what we saw was an increased level of participation from you guys, our listeners, our audience, into the process. You understood the issue more deeply than had you not read about it or heard about it before then in an in-depth way. In 2024, meaning the legislative session in 2024, one of our chief aims here at Palmetto Family is to end human trafficking in South Carolina. We'll get into the statistics in just a second, but I want to give you a three-pronged approach that we're going to shoot for to try to end human trafficking in South Carolina. Number one, we're going to destroy the pipeline that feeds it. We're going to destroy the pipeline that gets people sucked into human trafficking. Then we're going to break the cycle that sustains it. And finally, we're going to make sure we turn the victims of human trafficking into victors. And we believe this three-pronged approach can end, severely hamper, and then end human trafficking.
in South Carolina. We've got one build we're going to talk about in a second uh, that's kind of the start of that, going to give you kind of a bird's eye view here. But let's talk about the statistics of human trafficking in the United States. The National Human Trafficking Hotline, this is where I'm getting this information, humantraffickinghotline.org, signals received. 51,073 signals were received in 2021. 13,277 signals received were from victims or survivors of human trafficking. Now, if we scroll down, what types of human trafficking cases were reported? Sex trafficking was 7,499. Now, human trafficking breaks in a lot of different ways. Uh, Sex trafficking, labor trafficking, sex and labor trafficking. Um, And then there might be some that aren't specified or not really known. So, sex trafficking cases that were reported in 2021, 7,499 through the National Human Trafficking Hotline. 7,499 were sex trafficking, 1,066 were labor trafficking, and then sex and labor was 400. Now, venues for sex trafficking. Um, Legalized brothels, there were three. Bars or clubs, 33. Truck stop based, 43. Hostess or strip club based were 43, or sorry, 47. Escort, you know, uh, prostitution, 134. Then street based prostitution, 178. Online ad venue unknown, 369. Residence based commercial sex industry, 525. If it was hotel or motel based, 579 cases reported. Illicit massage or spa businesses, 596. And then the overwhelming number was pornography. Pornography. Now, pornography is something that is at the fingertips of every single human being that owns a cell phone. There was a time, there was a day where you would have to go to the gas station and ask for the magazine that was located down below the register with the cover over it. Or you would have to go into your uncle's garage or to your dad's garage and go find the dusty old box and pull it out. Now it is at the fingertips with your cell phone. At your fingertips. And not not so much your fingertips, but the fingertips of children. Did you know that there is a filter on your phone that would filter out every single website, app, or anything that has content harmful to minors. There's a a filter for that. It's on your phone. But right now, in South Carolina, once a a phone is turned on, initially, in South Carolina, there is not a current law that requires that if that phone is being given to a minor, that the filter automatically be turned on when the phone is purchased. And that's why we at Palmetto Family, along with several other bills that I have in my hand, we at Palmetto Family are looking at trying to do several things. Number one, like to see the end of pornography in the state of South Carolina. But at the minimum, we need to protect our children. Enter in S591, the Default to Safety Act, the Children's Default to Safety Act. This would require phones purchased in South Carolina that are going to be given to minors under the age of 18. To have that filter automatically turned on at the point of sale. And the only way to remove that filter or to turn it off is with a passcode that would be given to the minor's parent or legal guardian for them and only them to use. It seems so simple, guys. 
It seems so, so simple. But what we have to remember is that this industry is now seemingly protected by the First Amendment and the right to free speech, according to some. What we have is a situation where we need to destroy the pipeline. How do we destroy the pipeline? Well, it would appear, based on the numbers from the National Human Trafficking Hotline, that we stop the scourge and the spread of pornography in our state, and in our communities, in our country. I, I, hate, I hate to break it to us, but I think you might agree if you're watching at home. Sex work isn't good. <laughs> I, I saw, a, I'm going to be, I don't want to be Alex Jones, but I, have, I had a meme. Um, you know, to participate in OnlyFans, you, 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 you create an account and then people can subscribe to your account for $10, bucks, nine ninety nine, $10. Do we really believe that human beings are only worth $10? That young ladies, young men, are only worth $10? Now, I'm not saying we need to pay more for OnlyFans. What I'm saying is that it needs to be done away with because that's legalized human trafficking, sex work, prostitution. It doesn't end well for anyone. But... We believe at Palmetto Family, and, and as, from a Christian worldview, and from a biblical worldview, we believe that humans are far more valuable than $9.99 a month. They're so valuable that God himself died for them to purchase and redeem their soul, to give them life and that more abundantly. And so if we want to have life and have it more abundantly, we have to end human trafficking. So we're going to destroy the pipelines that feed it. We're going to break the cycles that sustain human trafficking. And then with your help in all of these things, the first two and with this one, we want to turn victims of human trafficking into victors. And we're going to continue to work to do that. We'll have more information about all of these different pieces of legislation that we're reading through and and, and trying to get ready uh, for the next half of the session so we can start to make legitimate, meaningful progress on this issue as we work to end human trafficking in the state of South Carolina. Once again, want to thank Representative Adam Morgan of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus for joining us today on the show to discuss that victory over CRT in Lexington School District 1. And I want to thank you for taking the time out to listen to the show today. Again, a rainy, rainy Thursday across much of the Palmetto State, but appreciate you listening at work, on your lunch break, in your car as you're driving home, while you're folding the laundry, whatever you're doing, we want to thank you for making Palmetto Family a part of your day, and specifically, the Palmetto Family Matters show, a part of your day. For Mitch Prosser, who isn't here today, and our entire staff at Palmetto Family, I'm Justin Hall. Thank you so much for watching the fastest-growing, strongest conservative talk show, not only in the state, but we are now international. The Palmetto Family Matters show. <laughs>